This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black today. Whether you're listening to us on Odyssey, yes, we are an Odyssey original podcast. Also, you're probably listening to us on Sunday morning, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, as well as 11.40 The Bet. If you're listening to us over the air, we welcome you to game day. Otherwise, you're listening to us on Thursday. I am Scott Branson, joined by my co-host Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer for Bleacher Report, also the NFL and Raiders columnist over at SportsNot.com. Mo, let's jump in. The Raiders news uh, heading into the weekend. We're going to prepare to look at the New Orleans Saints here in a couple minutes later on in the show. But first, we want to get to some of the things going on uh, around uh, Raider dumb, Raider Nation including uh, um, uh, a move yesterday the Raiders made, and that was uh, they signed Jackson Barton uh, to the active roster, the tackle to the active roster, and they also re-signed defensive tackle Kyle Pecco and cornerback Bryce Cosby to the practice squad. This, of course, came after the Raiders traded uh, interior defensive lineman Jonathan Hankins to the Dallas Cowboys for a con- or, uh, seventh round pick or sixth round pick, excuse me, uh, in next year's draft, the 2023 draft. Mo, the Raiders making moves uh, near the deadline here. Talk a little bit about that. You called this out. Yeah, you know, it's tough. Sometimes we got to beat our chest and talk about how right you were. And uh, a couple of <laughs> shows ago last week, you said pay attention to healthy scratches on the Raiders roster and guess mm-hmm. what Jonathan Hankins has been the last couple uh, weeks uh, or that, or he got against against uh, the last game, excuse me, last Monday against the Chiefs. He he played, uh, he was, Scarry was a scratch, but then against the Texans, played just a couple plays. So uh, talk a little bit about the move and, again, why you told people to look for those healthy scratches as we approached the deadline. Yeah, if you run back the tape to, uh, I believe, after the Raiders lost to the Chiefs, I know a lot of people were up in arms about that, and that was the focus. But I said, going into the bye week, usually teams make changes. 
And one of the things that I noticed over the years is that usually if a player starts to see his snaps trend downward, if he's playing less snaps or playing fewer snaps, there's a possibility he may be benched for a younger player or maybe traded if he has value. And Jonathan Hankins did not suit up against the Chiefs, didn't play. Uh, Neil Farrell made his season debut in that same game. And then they both played about the same amount of snaps against the Houston Texans. Jonathan Hankins played about 18% of the snaps. And then uh, Neil Farrell Jr. played about 15% of the snaps. So the writing was on the wall. I didn't want to call Jonathan Hankins' name out simply because I didn't want to start rumors. But I just told people, pay attention to those healthy scratches because they will tell you what a coach's staff thinks about a certain player. And sure enough, Jonathan Hankins gets traded to the Dallas Cowboys on Tuesday. Right, and and they get draft capital, which is good for the Raider team. And some people will say, well, yeah, but that's later in the draft. It doesn't matter. You get those picks. You stockpile them because you can take those picks later on and trade to go up, whatever you're doing. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. Of course, uh, then they uh, bring on uh, Kyle Pecco to the practice squad, a guy that I know a lot of fans out there like during the preseason. Uh, and the Raiders are making moves uh, and, and trying to adjust this roster as they see fit. And we talked about it uh, uh, earlier this week and last week, too, about the Raiders, where they're at at two and four. Still two games below 500, still very much alive in, in, in a season where they could make the playoffs, no matter what the statistics say. So you didn't expect them to be big sellers uh, or big buyers. And these types of moves, uh, when you have some excess at the position, uh, and a lot of people say, well, geez, Jonathan Hankins, uh, they like him. He's a solid interior player, but he wasn't exactly a guy that you wanted to write home about. He wasn't exactly a guy who's going to change the trajectory of that defensive front, which, of course, you and I have talked about at times has struggled. Uh, and so so giving up that piece, does that tell you anything else about what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels might be thinking heading into uh, this middle third of the season? Right now, nothing other than they feel confident in Neil Farrell Jr. soaking up more snaps. We talked about Cleveland Farrell in our last show getting more looks on the interior. He played a lot of B-gap snaps. I believe he played a quarter of his uh, B-gap snaps last week against against the Houston Texans. So he's getting looks at defensive tackle. And then, of course, Matthew Butler, who I believe only suited up for two games this season. I expect him to get a sprinkle of snaps as well. So I know a lot of fans say, well, we love Jonathan Hankins, what he's done for the Raiders' defensive line and run defense. But the writing has been on the wall. They didn't draft two defensive tackles to let those guys sit on the sideline and do nothing. Eventually, those guys are going to be expected to blossom into something. Now, people say, well, they're fourth and fifth rounders. Well, Max Crosby was a fourth rounder. Nate Hobbs was a fifth rounder. Hunter Renfro was a fifth rounder. I'm not saying Butler and Farrell will blossom like those guys, but there's nothing wrong with training a player who was losing his, his, his workload anyway and developing your young talent. Correct. So, Mo, let's think about this, too. Now, we, we've talked about uh, positions of need on this Raiders team as they head into the rest of the season. Of course, offensive line, we talked a lot about that. You and I have wanted them to go get a veteran on that line. But with uh, Munford and how he has progressed, it looks like he may have locked up that spot. He has been one of the best in the league, did not allow a pressure last week against the Texans, as a matter of fact. He's coming into his own. So I'm not sure that they're going to do anything on that offensive line. What else could this team do? You are covering your like white on rice when it comes to the trade deadline for Bleacher Report uh, this coming week. Uh, when you look at what's out there and what this team could do, I don't ins I don't expect the Raiders to trade any draft capital for a player that's a rental player 
or for a player that's only going to be a marginal upgrade. So I don't see them doing a lot. Am I wrong there? Is there somebody out there, a defensive back, someone who you think could be a target for this team as we head into the trade deadline uh, after next weekend? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think if Ziegler could get a, a decent player for a fourth or fifth rounder, I think he would bite on that. I don't think he would want to trade away an early round pick, a first, a second, or even a third. Probably wants to save those picks so he can finally, you know, accumulate some young players from the draft. Because as we know, last year he, well, this year he started off with a with a third round pick, so mm-hmm. probably wants a first or second this year. <laughs> but I would say that if you can upgrade the cornerback position. I would I would I would bite on that with a with a fourth round pick if possible. I talked to you off air about Greedy Williams uh, with the Browns. Yes. I think he's the odd man out because they have Newsom on the inside. That Denzel Ward, of course, they drafted Martin Emerson this year, so he's gonna be on the out. I believe he has an expiring contract. Had one good year, then he got hurt. But you're getting him for half of a season. If he could play well for half of a season, I would say it's worth it. If he's available for a fifth round pick, I would bite on that. William Jackson, of course, is the most known name that's out there because the Washington Commanders have made it known that they're looking to move him. Now, it may be he may be a little expensive because he's a little more experienced. He has more pelts on the wall than Greedy Williams. But if you can get him somehow for a fourth round pick, I would definitely do it. A lot of fans were calling for Deron Payne after the Raiders traded Jonathan Hankins. I don't see that happening because Deron Payne's going to want a new contract very, very soon. And the Raiders have been paying players this offseason, and you can't pay everybody. So I think it comes down <laughs> to if the Raiders can get a player a rental, that's not going to cost them much now. That's not necessarily going to ask for a big contract next year or later this year. Uh, you bite on it. Yeah. Uh, also, we saw yesterday, of course, Robert Quinn going, a guy that I liked and I thought would be a nice fit for the Raiders at some point going back to the preseason when we talked about it and the fact that they might be shopping him. He goes to the Eagles. The Eagles are all in, I said to you earlier today, Mo, uh, and and you like that. I mean, where they're sitting with the record they have, um, that's a bold move for them. Uh, interior of that defensive line, no question. Here's one nobody's talked about. Um, we don't know fans today, if you saw uh, this morning and yesterday, Darren Waller trending uh, on Twitter with Raiders fans. Uh, Raiders fans are really down on the guy. He's hurt, right? So so people are questioning his desire to play football. They're calling him a ripoff artist. All this stuff, which I think is unfair. But nonetheless, uh, is there is, are there moves on offense that this team could make despite the weapons they have? They have Foster Moreau at tight end, but if Darren Waller, uh, who was back at practice yesterday, but if he can't get back out there, uh, or are there other positions on offense you would consider if you're the Raiders? I would never turn down an offensive lineman, a capable mm. offensive line that can step in and play right away, simply because it's an invaluable position. If one guy goes down then you're in trouble. You may be in trouble if you don't have any depth there. So I'm still on the offensive line as far as you can bring in another guard, because we all know I'm not a fan of a certain guard that's starting right now. (laughs) And if you can upgrade (laughs) over him, I think that'll be pretty solid. But the problem is teams aren't just giving away starting offensive line. No, no. 
even those that are not in contention and may be out of it for the rest of the season, you still got to protect your quarterback. Uh, and so uh, teams aren't willing to trade. And plus, offensive linemen, as the Raiders have learned, hard to come by. And that guy's name might rhyme with Mars, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, but what about skill positions? Anything at skill position? I talked about Waller, tight end. Uh, the Raiders have a couple good tight ends, obviously. Uh, but if you start to look at injury, if you start to look at opportunities where you can upgrade, might they consider another receiver if someone's available and the price is right? I honestly don't think so. I, I just simply believe they have enough depth at those skill positions. Uh, just when Wendy would be pleased to know that I'm mentioning Jesper Horstead. Uh, I think he, yes. he, he had a pretty good preseason. I he mean, if, he, if it comes down to it and he's prepared to play, I think he can contribute. As far as we know, uh, Foster Moreau is fine now. He came back last week against the Houston Texans. So, you know, if Darren Waller for some reason is held out, not for some reason for his hamstring injury, if he's out again, uh, Foster Moreau will step up and Horstead will also step up as well. So I'm not worried about tight end or wide receiver with the way Mac Hollins has been playing. I know T. Billy, uh, Tyron Johnson, now off off the roster. So uh, still, I, I'm just not so worried about the wide receiver position or the tight end position or the running back position because Josh Jacobs has been running the show. And those young guys haven't been getting touches. So if you need depth there, you just dust off one of those young rookies, put them in the game. Yeah, speaking, and I, I want to read this out because I got an email from the NFL look, previewing the coming week. And I want to read this with Josh Jacobs because, of course, uh, you look, Josh Jacobs, he's tied for second in the NFL with six rushing touchdowns uh, and fourth with 774 scrimmage yards this season. I mean, think about that, 774 yards. He's had 150 scrimmage yards and a rushing touchdown in each of his past three games. If he reaches those marks again this Sunday against the Saints, uh, he will become the fifth player in NFL history with at least 150 scrimmage yards and a rushing touchdown in four consecutive games, and the first since Pro Football Hall of Famer LaDainian Tomlinson did it in 2006. We talked a lot about Josh Jacobs uh, last show and on the during the mailbag show yesterday on Wednesday as well, Mo. Um, this guy has the potential this year to really just do something special. Uh, and and the only thing standing in his way, I think, because that offensive line. And I don't know if you saw. Did you see the video of him congratulating and thanking his offensive line towards the end of the game yesterday? Uh, it was awesome. Or excuse me, on Sunday, it was awesome. But. Um, he against the Saints, I think, has a great opportunity to actually hit that mark because the Saints are struggling a little bit, even though they have a strong defensive front. Yeah, the Saints used to be known as a team that didn't allow a lot of rushing yards. I remember they had this streak where they didn't allow 100 rushing yards for you know consecutive seasons, I believe yep, it was. Yep, yep. Not the same defense anymore. Uh, I'm surprised because Dennis Allen is a defensive-minded head coach. Raiders fans know who Dennis Allen is, but... Uh, he had that defense performing at a high level as a coordinator, but as a head coach, not so much. It's trended down. And if you saw the last Thursday night game against the Cardinals, Eno Benjamin, who's by the way, is on my fantasy team, ran wild against <laughs> the Saints. Full disclosure. He ran wild against the Saints. So I, I, I believe that Josh Jacobs at the level he's performing could do the same against that defensive front. Yeah, no question. Uh, good stuff. All right, we're going to step aside for our first break here on Silver and Black today. If you're listening to us on the radio, 98.5 The Fan, hello, Las Vegas. We appreciate you being with us. If you're listening to us on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 
thank you. Make sure you subscribe to the show. If you're listening to us anywhere and you haven't subscribed yet, go do it wherever you get your podcast. When Mo and I come back, we're going to ask the question, is Derek Carr disrespected around the NFL? One Raiders player, a very significant player, seems to believe so. So we'll talk about that as well as talk about the season he's having here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. 